Hi there. Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory, a teacher, friend, cat lover, plant mom, yoga enthusiast, and of course, a princess. Um, Just a quick apology because this episode is uh, over a week late now because I have started some online classes and have been using my time for that, but um, I luckily had a little bit of extra time this morning to get some editing done. So I am looking forward to you guys listening to this episode and just a couple quick um, plugs. Reminder that I do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash princesspower. And if you go on and support me that way, um, you will receive some cool princess power gifts. And um, yeah, I think they're cool. I think they're fun gifts. Anyways, when I say gifts, I say gifts with a T, not gifts like G-I-F. Gifts. You get princess power swag. Um one other thing, I do have an email address, princesspowerpodcast at gmail.com, and I really want to hear from you guys. I want to hear um, suggestions. What do you like? What do you want me to change? What kind of topics do you want covered? Do you know someone that you think would be a good guest? Do you want to be a guest? Let me know so that I can include the important things that you guys want to hear. Um, let's get started. I'm excited for you guys to meet Brenda. She has so many good things to say about um being independent and uh yeah i will leave it at that and let her do the rest of the talking so um let's get started good morning brenda welcome to the princess power podcast Um, I am really excited to have you this morning. Um, A lot of my guests have been people that I am close with, like family members or close friends or old roommates. And so I really love having guests that I have no clue what is going to come out of their mouth. So (laughs) I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Let's just start with you kind of telling us about yourself. Who are you and what do you want everyone to know? Yeah, so um, I find that open-ended question so difficult because who I am is so different and in different settings. Um, I'm a single white woman who uh, became a psychologist with minimal support of my family and have grown to be independent, um, enjoy doing things with my dogs who I've got next to me and I'm calming them down here. Um, I like, I'm able to do things by myself, you know, I go kayaking, go to the movies, go out to eat. Um, And I'm a friend of your mom's and that's how we got connected. So I appreciate uh, that connection there. Okay, a couple questions. Most importantly, what are your dogs' names? Jackson and Benny. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> um, and then I, when you said that you like to go, like, you can go do what you want, you can kayak, you can go to the movies, I that really stood out to me because I, there was, like, a specific time in college when I first started, I was like afraid to go to the cafeteria and eat alone. And there was, I had a night class. And so the way my schedule worked out, I had to go like right from dinner 
to my class and I often went by myself and I started with just like reading a book so no one thought I was like a loser or whatever and then um, eventually it was like I looked forward to eating dinner by myself twice a week and um, then I yeah now I'm like I like to go to the restaurants by myself or to the movies by myself or just like it's nice to take yourself out sometimes so that's really cool that you mentioned that. When my mom recommended you for the um, podcast, she didn't really tell me much. She just said, oh, she would be such an awesome person to have. And then we kind of chatted for a little bit and you mentioned all of these great things and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of independent, I guess. And then you like had this huge list of all of this stuff. <laughs> like that's more than kind of independent. That's independent like that's awesome so could you tell me like your own personal definition of independent what does that mean to you yeah so when I think of a person who is independent I I think of being able to rely on minimal support of others right I mean I think we're we're all social beings and we all need people and, and things to some extent but I look at independence from the standpoint of financially, emotionally, and physically, and, and really looking at how, how, how can we kind of be independent and do most of our kind of daily living on our own without that reliance of others. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you split it up into those different sections too, because there's so many different aspects of being independent. Um, can you share some experiences with us about times when you became more independent, kind of like grew into that? So as a teenager, I was always, I don't know, I guess a little bit more mature. I didn't have the kind of standard teenage years. Um, and I started college um, I was a little bit young for my grade. So actually I started college when I was 17. And then when I was 18, just about to turn 19 years old, I started my sophomore year in college and I was kicked out. And so very quickly I had to figure out kind of housing, you know, did have to rely on others at that point um, to be able to quickly kind of put things into place. Um, but then also pretty soon after that, you know, had my first place by myself and just really had to get all of those pieces together, um, financially housing, um, and, and just, yeah, just really be able to put all those pieces together pretty quickly. Um, and so from there, it kind of snowballed where, I would then depend on people for more of that emotional and stability kind of factor while I was really increasing that financial kind of dependence and even that physical kind of depend independence for me to be able to kind of do those things for myself. And um, yeah, over the years though, I've been able to, um, you know, buy a house by myself, and I had a house built and I did that by myself so and moving gosh moving is is a really tough thing to do kind of completely independent um so there's so many different times that um you know I really had to make a lot of decisions by myself without having that kind of family support that most people would have 
So I, cause I had gone to school and made a lot of decisions about where to go to school and moved across the country and then moved, you know, moved back to the Midwest. Once I was completely done with school, which took uh, 11 years, um, that was hard because I've been so used to being busy all the time. I, you know, when I even went to the rest of the years in college, I worked like, I think up to five, four or five jobs at a time to be able to make things, you know, meet financially while going to school full time. Um, during my master's, I went to school full-time at night and worked full-time during the day. And then my doctorate, yeah, I, you know, commuted from Milwaukee to Chicago for school and then also had a number of part-time jobs. So once that was all said and done, it was like, oh, what, what do I do now? So I've always worked more than a full-time job ever since then. And part of it, I think, has been to make sure that I'm busy enough that I don't have too much downtime just by myself. Um, but also knowing that for so many years, I juggled so much and kind of became used to that lifestyle as well. So do you do stuff on the side now? Or have I, you started to relax a little bit? So I moved um, to the Upper Peninsula 10 years ago. And my intent was, I'm just going to take this full-time job and that's all that I'm going to do. Um, that didn't last very long at all. I think it was maybe five months. And then I had a previous employer um, for, through self-contracting, um, but a previous kind of business opportunity reach out and say, hey, we could really use your help there. So I've done that more or less um, over the years, but still do that. Yeah. So I still have my full-time job. And then on the side, on the weekends, I have a part-time practice. I, uh, definitely understand not wanting too much downtime, I guess I get bored very easily. And so, uh, during summer break, it's like, I've been sitting at home, not sitting at home. I've been out doing stuff, but you know, without a job for, a couple months, I'm like, oh, well, like you can only clean the apartment so many times. <laughs> and like, it definitely, yeah, I like to stay busy as well. So, but it's nice. It is summer break is nice because you can, it's at least decent outside usually, and you can go kayaking and do the things that you don't normally get to do um, during the school year. But yeah, I understand that part of wanting to stay busy and getting bored and but you have puppies to keep you occupied <laughs> my worry is not at all about the summer I I am completely fine with finding enough things to go and do and stay busy it's the winter I mean I've even asked some of my friends like not to be like judgmental but what you know if you, if they only work a part-time job only right I ask them like and if they don't have kids like how do you spend your time every single weekend in the winter? Because I just don't find that there's as much to do. Moving back to your um, journey with being independent, it sounds like you started pretty early. You said when you were a teen, you were just kind of naturally more mature. Um, so are there any times when 
it was difficult for you to be independent or does it just kind of come naturally and that's just like a part of who you are or was there any time when it was kind of difficult to rely on yourself? Well, I would say it was a struggle for a long time because I was so focused on making sure that I just had the means to live, to have housing, you know, to feed myself. Um, I, I really struggled in relationships because I depended on them so much more um, in order to have some kind of stability, some kind of fallback. Um, and that led me to, to be way too clingy, even with a couple of friends and in, you know, relationships with men, like I stayed in unhealthy relationships, knowing that, oh my gosh, if I leave this, then everything is completely on me. And, and that, that was a real struggle for a long time. I mean, I was in serial relationships for that stability. Like I wouldn't leave one until I knew I had another one lined up. Like, and, and I look back and, and, you know, I feel bad about myself and having stayed in those relationships. Um, Cause it just perpetuated some of that unhealthy relationship cycle. Um, and it took a lot um, to be able to build my independence in all areas to get to that point. And I would say, gosh, maybe 15, not quite 20 years ago where I was able to, okay, I can not be in a relationship. I can completely depend on myself because I've got enough of that financial stability finally to, to know that I can handle this on my own. I think the serial relationships too happen a lot today. Like that's a really common thing for um, women to feel like they have to have that form of stability if you can really call it stability. Well, and I think so much of society is also kind of still about that identity of, of that relationship and that some pressure, and I think it's let up some, but still some of that pressure of, you know, the, the traditional role is, you know, have that relationship, get married, have kids, have that family. Hugh and I talk a lot about how, like, relationship and having children is, like, the ultimate status symbol in America. It's like, if you are married and if you have kids, then you... um must be happy and you must be financially stable if you can afford a big wedding and I say afford in quotations because a lot of times people can't afford the big weddings that they're paying for and um, yeah kids are expensive so if you have a bunch of kids then you must be you know totally set in the world so this actually leads in really well to um, the next question I have for you which is about the society that we live in um, because sometimes this society is not very excited about strong independent women you know being successful on their own so has that uh, attitude affected you in any way um, have you had any people um, have issues with the way you live your life or I'm 
it's hard for me sometimes because I'm a very much like if people don't like it. I don't care. Like I don't notice half the time that they have an issue with it. But what about you? Have you noticed like any backlash just because of the way that America functions? I think I think I've experienced it the most or at least observed it the most firsthand when it comes to dating and relationships where there's a lot of men who are intimidated by that. And I, and I've had men say that I've had women say that, you know, I can be intimidating and, um, some of that level of independence. Yeah. Just is not something that people are used to a lot of times. Um, especially when it comes to just, you know, some of the things that I've done on my own independent wise, as far as like remodeling my house. I remember, gosh, my neighbors were like, how are you doing all of this by yourself? And why don't you have a man helping you? (laughs) It's like, well, do you see, I actually do this by myself. I'm okay. It's like, we literally grew up with, you know, like, I think back to just being in like elementary or high school and they're like okay I need two boys to help me carry this table down the hall and I'm like girls can carry tables too (laughs) like it's like so ingrained in our culture that the men do the hard heavy lifting and then it's hard actually when dating if a man isn't kind of independent in wanting to take on some of those projects because I'm like but this is what I do. Like, this is what I want to continue doing. And I want to share that with someone else too. Um, Yeah. But it doesn't always have to be the the man though, that takes care of those things. In dating, do you ever have like, um, and I won't get too deep, I don't think in your personal love life, but I am thinking from like a woman's point of view, a lot of times if there's a man that has never been married, doesn't have any kids, you're like, oh, what's wrong with him? So have you ever had that kind of reaction? Like, oh, you've never been married. You don't have any kids. Like there's obviously that's a red flag. There's uh, why would I want to be with someone like that? You know? Absolutely. And I think the first part is the truly questioning that, right? So on the online dating websites, I'll get, you know, a, a guy who messages and says, um, is this real? (laughs) Like, how have you lived this long without being married and without having kids? (laughs) And, you know, I, I didn't go into my adulthood anticipating that this was going to be the outcome, right? I mean, myself and a lot of other people had kind of assumed soon after high school, I would, yep, have, you know, have that relationship and have kids. And I love little kids. And so I think that was part of it as well. Um, But it's not like I set out on this particular journey. This is just what my particular life has come to be. And, you know, so I really tried to look at how do I make the best of that. Um, And then I'm also wondering about, and it doesn't necessarily have to be just romantic relationships, but friendships as well. Do you see yourself like because you are so independent, do you like when other people like match that independence and want to, and like, like, do you see yourself um, kind of leaning towards people who have that similar sense of independence? Or 
Um, because a lot of times, and I'm thinking specifically men like to be the independent one and have people like rely on them. So can you kind of speak on that a little bit where you think you fall? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I haven't noticed myself gravitate towards others who are also highly independent. Um, but also not the opposite. Like I have enough in my life to juggle that I can't take on a ton of other people's stuff either. And there, there have been some fairly recent times in the last number of years where, you know, I think some people rely on me because, well, I don't have the family to take care of and and this and that. So how much more can I do, you know, for them? And I have really learned that I need to set my boundaries on those things because I have plenty in my life. I have plenty to keep me busy. I have plenty that I enjoy. And I really have grown to love some of that kind of downtime and and alone time. Um, And and so, yeah, I I wouldn't say that I I gravitate towards one or the other extreme, at least not not on a conscious level. Um, What I think is interesting, too, is you have like set yourself up with a life that works for you and so that you have the downtime that you want or need and that you can do like the jobs that you want to do um but then I I wonder if well kind of like you said how um you don't have the family so people want to rely on you for stuff I get that even in teaching um people are like well you don't have kids so it's not as hard for you to stay late and work on this or like it's crazy that people just assume like well you don't have a family to take care of or you don't have to go home and I don't know work on whatever so you have more free time to work on this and I'm like no I've I don't have kids for a reason so that I can go home and relax because that's how I wanted to make life work, you know? So um, do you notice that ever? People are like, oh, well, if she doesn't have stuff to take care of at home, again, in quotes. Yeah, I've noticed that, you know, at work at some level, even when it comes to who's going to work on a holiday versus who gets the holiday off. And, you know, and a lot of times, yeah, I will offer, like, if I don't have anything specific, sure, somebody else does have kind of the family to, to spend that time with. Um, but, but that also comes back at me then too. Because then people are like, oh, she should work every holiday because she doesn't usually have plans. It's that hard balance of, of how much to let that kind of impact how much we help someone. And I, I have some medical issues that require a lot of kind of daily self-care that I need to make sure that I have available for myself. Um, and so I, I've, again, I've really learned to kind of figure out what those boundaries are for myself on what do I need for myself? How do I make sure that I'm taking care of myself? Um, and then what, what can I actually give to, to someone else? Um, that's another good point that I just want to emphasize really quick is that like, you never know what other people have going on. So like if someone doesn't have a family, but they might have medical things going on, or they might have a friend who's sick, or they might have, I mean, there's 
a million things that could be going on in someone's personal life that you can't see. And so to say, oh, well, you don't have kids or you don't have this or that. Um, what advice would you give to young women? Um, specifically, I teach middle schoolers and high schoolers, and they like to listen to my podcast. So what advice could you give them about the uh, importance of being independent? I think a lot of it comes down to finding that balance, right? We all need to depend on other people. We're social beings. We need to depend on people in different ways. Um, but really finding that balance for each person, it's just so freeing. You know, now, now that I've gotten to that point where financially, emotionally, you know, physically, I've got kind of that stability and independence. It, it, it just is, is freeing that I'm not constantly worrying about that next step or who can help me or how do I make something happen? Um, I can choose when it is that I want to spend time with people. Um, and I think, you know, one of those misnomers is that people think that being single and independent equates to loneliness. And it certainly doesn't, and it doesn't have to. Um, there was, there was a nice saying that, that I saw that I came across that, you know, once you know how to take care of yourself, company becomes an option and not a necessity. Being able to decide when is it that I want to be in someone else's company versus having that time to myself. I just, I love that I've gotten to that point. I think, um, too, especially with like all the COVID stuff that happened in the past year, when people were kind of forced to be isolated and not be around the people that they are used to relying on, um, I think that maybe was a big eye-opener for me, at least. I definitely have, since things have been open and you can go out now and, um, yeah, I protect my time alone a lot more because I spent a year by myself, not really by myself, but, you know, I spent, I am normally a very busy social person and I will stay out um, at work and then go out to dinner and then go hang out at a friend's house and not get home till late and then do it all over again. And since COVID, I have like, loved being home by myself reading a book and then if someone asked me to do something I'm like oh yeah you can have an hour but then I'm gonna come back and read my book like it feels good to like have that control and to know that people can still be important to me and I don't have to like be with them all the time absolutely I had so many people you know, in my personal life that would just kind of comment about, oh my gosh, how awful COVID is and, and look at what it's done to our social life. And I mean, for a large part, I would say, yeah, it really hasn't changed my life all that much. Sure, at some level, but on the normal kind of day-to-day, it really didn't. And that's a good, that's lucky for you to have set yourself up so that it didn't because some people I mean it was like devastating like it 
was chaos for them. So yeah, I think being able to find that balance between having your, the time that you need and then have it giving that because time is really precious. Like we don't have a lot of time. So it says something if you have very little time and you choose to keep some of it for yourself. And then when you do choose to give it to other people, like they should appreciate that more almost because you're not like everybody doesn't get your time. You get your time. And then the people that you choose to give it up to, does that make sense? I'm kind of rambling, but but it's not, it's not just that automatic that I'm consciously choosing if I want to or not. And there's actually an event coming up next month that I was talking with a friend of mine about that. I just, to RSVP and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it or not, because come that weekend, I don't know if that's where I'm going to want to spend my time. And it's so funny because there's oftentimes just this pressure of, well, of course you're going to go. It's like, I, I, I don't know that that's where I want that time to be on that particular day. So RSVP can be kind of difficult. I totally understand that. And I uh, think that my good friends know me well enough now that we'll make plans. And like, there's a chance that when that day comes around, I'll be like, meh, I'm not really feeling it. So maybe tomorrow, what do you think? And um, yeah, it's, and it depends, like if we schedule something a month in advance, that's like, we're probably going to reschedule it. They just kind of know that about me now, but you know, if it's like the next day, I can usually tell if I'm going to feel like meeting someone the next day. So I used to say yes to a lot of things. And there were some things that I would just be like, yeah, no. Um, And then I I would start backing out of them. And I realized I I just don't even want to say yes to those things in advance then. So yeah, kind of learning where where do I want to, but it's good that you've got that kind of friend support that they know that that's, it's not a reflection on what you think about them or spending time with them. But that's something that you need sometimes is is to not have that social component. Um, So, Brenda, we're coming to the end. Is there anything else you would like to add? Any final comments? Anything we didn't cover that you would like to throw in there? Nothing, nothing that comes to mind. I mean, I think, you know, it's just that emotional journey of each person kind of figuring out their level of of independence and what areas they want to be independent in. Um, It can be kind of scary. And and now when I look at kind of any opportunities to possibly consider going the opposite direction of, you know, within a relationship, do I, do I kind of let down some of that uh, independence to have that kind of relationship with someone else, you know, that's kind of the next step that I'm, I'm taking is, is to look at where do I give in and allow some of that kind of balance of dependence and independence within some, some relationships. That's one thing too that I've noticed um, for me is difficult is like giving myself permission to rely on other people sometimes or like even like asking for help if I need it is difficult when you're used to like doing everything and then um yeah that's one thing I think that is what I'm kind of 
in the phase of working on is being willing to admit like, okay, I can't do everything. And I would, and maybe if I, you know, like really worked at it, I could figure it out and do it, but it would be significantly more efficient to ask somebody for some kind of help. And so that's definitely a difficult thing, I think, especially for when you're, for people who are used to doing things on their own. Well, and even physically to figure out like, what, what can you do on your own versus what do you really absolutely need help with? And so I, for the longest time, I don't ask people for help unless I really know that I've tried and I, you know, so I'm really particular about, yeah, when do I, when do I ask people for help? Number one, because if they say no, then that's a letdown, right? That disappointing kind of factor. Um, but also if I can do it myself, I will. And so even, you know, the last two weekends, I, you know, had a, had somebody who offered to bring a chainsaw over to cut down a tree. And I'm like, you know what? I might be able to do this by myself without a chainsaw. And so I did one weekend, I did one part this weekend. I did, you know, did the other part and like, I feel such an, a sense of accomplishment. And they were like, well, this could have taken five minutes. I'm like, so what? It took a little over an hour instead. Brenda, thank you so much for taking time, your personal time to uh, chat with me this morning. I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, thank you for having me as a guest and uh, hopefully this will also be helpful to others. And your puppies were so well behaved. Me petting them constantly. One more big thank you to Brenda, as you heard. Um, she values her time, and so the fact that she was willing to give up time to talk with me and to share with all of you, I think that is really special, and I really appreciate that. Um, thank you again to all of the listeners, and please like, comment, share, subscribe, rate, all of that good stuff. Um, let your friends know that they should listen to this really great podcast by one of your friends, etc. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks. Bye-bye.